Hello, everybody, and welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts presented by Auto Owners Insurance in cooperation with Turner Wood and Smith Insurance. And it is going to be a jam-packed episode here tonight as myself, Trent Smallwood, Jed May are all here to talk the latest in Georgia Football recruiting had some visitors this weekend on campus for the Samford game, uh, including Samuel and Pimba, five star that that Trent has had a little uh, some some stuff on here lately on the on UGASports.com and on the vault. Another reason to be subscribed. But uh, guys, you know a lot of a lot of things going on early in this football season that are crazy on the field, but really. The recruiting right now it seems to be kind of steady as she goes with some of these some of these prospects but uh first off how are each one of you guys uh doing and and uh let's let's get into it here what are you what are your thoughts on uh the latest in georgia football recruiting yeah doing good fantasy team's not but you know that's that's how it's going to be for the next few months and um browns won for you the browns won for you jed our resident i was i was shocked because i had just as soon as baker gets the ball back down three minutes or down by two with three minutes left, i'm like well i know how this ends and then a browns kicker did something good so that's uh a feeling i've never felt before so uh yeah that was that was cool that was the high point of the weekend for sure absolutely yeah, that's, that's the problem with your fantasy team jed you you're a, kind of a homer in that kind of way so you probably draft the thing is i'm not i don't have any browns because last year i took i had like the 12th pick and took chubb there because i was like yeah you know what are you i might as well but i like didn't chubb was gone kareem hunt was gone i'm not gonna take any of their receivers so i i think their defense is still out there i might pick up their defense just to have somebody and play matchups, but uh, yeah, no Browns on the fantasy team. It feels weird. Got a lot of people uh, joining us here, getting logged in. Uh, tell us where you're from. We always want to see uh, where you guys are are watching from uh, tonight on the show. So uh, we we always appreciate that. But guys, like we said, rumors versus facts here, presented by Turner Wood and Smith Insurance in cooperation with Auto Owners Insurance. We are excited to be talking, uh, recruiting once again. Got Low Country Dog in here from Beaufort, uh, South Carolina. So, you know, in fact, uh, hey, timely enough, you can see the Gamecocks helmet over here. You got Georgia and South Carolina uh, facing off with each other this weekend. We got one uh, from San, San, uh, San Diego, California. Uh, so maybe he's recruiting uh, – He's he's recruiting uh, Roderick out there, the running back. So we'll we'll see uh, Roderick Robinson. So we'll see how how everything's going there. Hazelhurst, Georgia, Buford, Georgia. So guys, uh, you know, keep keep sending them in. Jacksonville, North Carolina. So we got a lot of people tuning in here. Make sure you subscribe, turn on notifications, guys. We've had a huge outpouring of support on the YouTube channel to get going. Past twenty nine thousand subs today guys so it's uh it, it's building momentum over here on the uga sports youtube channel but speaking of building momentum you know georgia 2-0 and number one in the country i've had some people you know message on the on the vault and stuff today trent does that necessarily uh, is that is that necessarily gonna uh translate into a big swell of recruiting momentum uh here or is are we just totally past that now with the, the age of NIL and, and kind of everything being so last minute? No, I, I still think it does because you, you still have your recruiting pitches. Uh, you know, NIL is involved, uh, of course, these days, but you, they're, they're still recruiting pitches. And, you know, what happened at Texas A&M this weekend is not helping your draft stock. 
and uh, and that's what it's all about. I mean, uh, your draft stock and 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 going to the NFL and what and, happened to Texas A and M this weekend won't help your blood pressure. I'm telling you, like it, if you, 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 it, it definitely didn't help what Jimbo's trying to to pitch over there. Come over here and uh, we'll pay you win win, win some championships and uh, get you in the NFL. And losing to App State is not the direction you want to be going. Absolutely, I saw somebody say apps app was the entree uh, over there in uh, in College Station this weekend. There was nothing app about them over there. So I, I know you mentioned Roderick a few minutes ago. Did y'all happen to run by his stats this past weekend? I have. Uh, go ahead. I know he went off. Uh, tell people the specifics uh, of what he what he had going on over there. Thirty two carries, four hundred and seventy six yards, eight touchdowns. That's not that's not bad. I mean, that's, that's not that's not that's not your season. That's a game. That's one game. Well, that is a season if you're talking about Texas A&M out, offensive output. I mean, that's a that's a full season of yardage, I think, for Texas A&M at this pace uh, with what they're putting out there. But uh, for sure, it, it's there's some interesting stuff going on. Who knows how the development out in uh, in, in Texas? Honestly, guys, we we've been talking for months, thinking that Alabama would just go in there and run through Texas. That was a huge, even though they didn't win the game, that's a huge recruiting win for Sarkeesian out there at Texas. And that's a big blow for for Alabama in, in certain ways there in terms of uh, it's a double-edged sword, right? It, I don't know. You would think it would be a, ba- a big blow for Alabama, but then again, you, you would think maybe losing the national championship to Georgia would be a big blow, and then they've, they've went uh, and got some guys here lately. So that's why I say it's going to be very difficult to read kind of the tea leaves here and see, okay, what does this mean and how does it impact? Because in the age of NIL and the transfer portal and all that kind of stuff, it's going to be interesting. But to Trent, uh, your point with the Texas A&M and Jed, you can speak on this too. I'm going to be interested to see how many of those freshmen that are in there right now uh, for Texas A&M, part of the $30 million class. I like to say that was a $31.5 million loss to, uh, App State because you know they spent thirty million on the recruiting class and then they got uh, one point five. They had to pay one point five for App State to come to their uh, home stadium and beat them. But Jed, I mean, I think it's gonna be interesting to see how many of those guys end up in the portal after this season, which I think Texas A and M is gonna lose a lot more games. Yeah, and I looked at I saw their schedule today, and I don't remember the specifics of it, but their schedule is really tough. I mean, they got Arkansas, I want to say, in a couple weeks, and they got Miami coming into College Station this week. I mean, it's 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 a tough schedule for them coming up too. So, um, it's, two Alabama, <laughs> yeah, two Alabama, and um, I'm not, I don't know who they play um, out of the East other than Missouri, but um, you know that's what we've talked about it, right? That's why Kirby doesn't uh, burn bridges with these guys in the age of the transfer portal, and and I'm not saying any of those guys from AM are a lock to come to to Georgia but like that's why you don't that's why you keep those relationships alive even when guys are committed elsewhere and everything so um it's going to be interesting and we, you talked about Alabama it could be another like okay their offensive line didn't look great right you pitch to a Samson Okamola for example hey come to Alabama we need you to get this line back to what it was you could compete for playing time early stuff like that so it goes both ways um but yeah, the, definitely. Like we, it's exciting now to see that we've reached that point in the calendar where on-field results are going to start showing up in how schools recruit these kids and everything like that. I, I think it's kind of funny how how things turn. Um, just just from you know how you're negatively recruiting somebody or, or whatsoever. You know, Jermaine Burton transfers to go get more touches, which, in honest, uh, in, 
my well, honest he, got, opinion, he got a touch, but it just fell right <laughs> out of his hands. Well, so. my honest opinion is it, it, he has more yards at Georgia right now than he would it, and then he does at Alabama. He would have it. Um, he's he's averaging about three three catches per game and about thirty yards per game. Um, but then you got Jermaine, uh, I mean uh, Luther Burden out at Missouri, four yards this past weekend. That was a big. Uh, that offensive juggernaut up there in Columbia, Missouri. The thing is, like, you see him, you follow Luther on social media, and like all these people are buying these bags of chips with his face on them, and then you got all these other NIL things, and that's just like, that's how it is. Like, I'm like the school can't facilitate can't facilitate these things. We all know, but like, that's not something Georgia's really gotten a lot into. And Missouri's like, hey, stay home, get your face on chips and and whatever else, and that's. That's how it is. But it's going to be interesting to see how long these kids, if they end up sticking out their careers mm-hmm. at all these places, how long the 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 local store brand chips. Your face is only going to be on those chips for so long if you're averaging one catch for four yards yeah. on a losing team. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how all this plays out. And guys, uh, before we get to our vault questions, I do want to go ahead and run a little. A little ad here for you. Like I said, we are presented by Auto Owners Insurance in cooperation with Turner Wooden Smith uh, Insurance. Guys, Turner Wooden Smith is as reliable of an insurance agency as you can find. I, I use them personally. Uh, customer service is tremendous, and they have great policy holders, policy providers like Auto Owners Life Home Car Business. Whatever you need, both companies have been around for over a hundred years. Proud to have them as sponsors of the UGA sports rumors versus facts show. So now guys, we've got a lot of questions, so we're going to go ahead and get into them guys on YouTube. Go ahead and keep uh, throwing your stuff in there. We'll, we'll be getting to them in, in uh, just a, just a little bit. Uh, there's old buddy, uh, buddy, Chris Foster. I was just going back and forth with on Facebook, not too long ago. UGA's leading receivers are running back. Why would it be uh, any different with a good wide receiver there? Because Chris, you know, if you have a George Pickens, if George Pickens was healthy last year, there's no question George Pickens is the number one uh, receiver and, and leader in yardage and all that kind of stuff. It changed last year. You know, a guy like Brock Bowers, who's unbelievably athletic, the, the, the selling point on Georgia's offense is that if you're a really good athlete, they're going to find a way to use you. And that's that's been the case with Kenny McIntosh. It's been the case with Brock Bowers. What are you going to say, Jed? I was just going to say, and Kirby talked about this today. Brent and Dane talked about it on – I'm film, don't lie. Some of these passes from a Georgia perspective are extensions of the run game. We talk about these swing passes, these quick screens to the receivers. So Kenny McIntosh, say he had, I don't know what he had against Sanford, say seven catches. Those might, like Kirby is calling those as if they're run plays, if that makes sense. Like, does that really, I don't know if that really matters from a recruiting standpoint, because like the numbers are the numbers and Kenny McIntosh is a leading receiver, but a, an elite receiver like a Luther Burden, say, would, would, the, the offense would look different if there was one of those just crazy game-breaking guys on the outside. It's not like the passing offense is featuring Kenny McIntosh because he's the best receiver receiver. It's just that's how the offense is looking with how they want to operate the um, the running game and, and passes that look like runs too. And, you know, a lot of people – I think <laughs> I think what people don't understand too is the receivers and the tight ends that Georgia does have on the roster this year, Trent – are totally capable and have showed last year being one of the most explosive passing offenses 
in in the country last year in terms of explosive explosive plays down the field, yards per attempt, all that kind of stuff. So I think people are playing those two high safeties and things like that, trying to trying to keep keep you from getting the big play. And Georgia's just saying, okay, well, we're just gonna. Uh, take the take the perimeter right now and make you tackle in space is kind of what they're saying on on how they're attacking defenses. Yeah, and my point was uh, more so at at the half this past Saturday, Alabama receivers had four receptions. Georgia wide receivers, just wide receivers alone, have thirty receptions on the season through two games. I mean, they're averaging fifteen receptions per game at the receiver position. Yes, it, it uh, you've seen more depth come in. Uh, towards the end of the game, A.D. Mitchell got hurt on the first play of the game on the uh, offensive series. He has five catches, but that probably uh, been a lot more. I know Kenny McIntosh is the, the leading receiver, but Georgia is, is utilizing that receiver position a lot more than they have uh, in years past. I'm going to scroll these uh, questions across the bottom as we go, so I'll, I'll read them off here. Jed, uh, Elko Dog says, latest updates in the recruitment of the 2023 running backs. Are we recruiting – Dalen Hollywood Smothers. So Elko Dog asked about 2023 running backs. Jed, I know there was a running back in attendance this past weekend. You can tell people about that. And then also, uh, you know, touch on Dalen Dalen uh, Smothers, and then I'll talk a little bit about uh, Roger Robinson too. Yeah, as far as Dalen Smothers, um, I mean, he I looked Blaine, you were right before we got on the air. He doesn't even have a Georgia offer. I don't think they were recruiting him that hard, obviously. I want to say – North Carolina State was in it for him at the end. There might have been another team he's committed to Oklahoma now. Um, so I don't see anything happening there. Rod Thomas out of Alabama was in town, as people on the vault called uh, a joke and and some other things. And listen, it's like Casey Wiseman. I'm not saying Georgia's going to get him. I'm not saying they're going to offer him because they haven't done that yet. But it's it's a worthy, um, you know, something to, to keep an eye on. He was supposed to visit for G-Day. He had a family emergency come up and couldn't make it. So um, they've been recruiting him. And, and he's a name to know. But Jamarian Wilcox is still out there. We kind of, like you were saying earlier, Blaine, it's, it's still no, – nothing's happened there. Georgia hasn't offered yet. Jordan Louie is another guy at uh, Meadow Creek. He's off to a huge start to his senior season. That's a guy Georgia could offer. Um, he's currently committed to West Virginia but still looking around. So, um, And then, yeah, there's Roderick Robinson. There's um, Jeremiah Love. Um Speaking of West Virginia, if anybody's committed to West Virginia, yeah. they may want to take a look around uh, after after getting uh, the rare double digit loss in overtime. Thanks to the pick six, that is uh, I, I saw that I saw that pop up on my phone. I was like, they lost by thirteen in overtime. I did too. I thought it was a typo. How did that, how did this happen? No, but uh, it, it was you know West Virginia. Who knows? Jimbo Fisher may uh, may just hop hop ship over there at Texas A&M and, you know, say, take me home country roads and go back, back home to West Virginia over there. He may decide it's, uh, it's too much drama over there in college station, uh, even though he's created half the drama, but uh, Trent, any, anything else? I mean, I know Roderick uh, Robinson, I've been in communication with him and his family. They've talked about maybe coming for the Auburn game, maybe coming after the season. So we'll, we'll wait and see on all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, it, that could change. He's out in California. It just depends on on when's available, when's good, things like that. Um, I do know this: uh, Roger Robinson's uh, father, Roger Robinson Senior, put uh, put out there that you know the lack of crowd presence at UCLA games was disheartening and things like that. So I think that's one to watch closely. But uh, Trent, anything else on twenty twenty three running backs? 
No, I, I think I think you're going to look at that Roderick Robinson or a flip uh, as your as their main targets, and then they're they're evaluating the rest. Uh, I'd say, uh, um, you know, Wilcox, and then they're going to uh, see Jordan Louie in a couple weeks. Um, I know I know that Dell has been in touch with here, and and one thing that I've I've really uh, just from talking to the coaches that. Uh, have these kids is they're really wanting to see film of them catching the football and that uh, they're really wanting pass catchers. Kenny McIntosh is a, a prime example. Dejon Edwards caught, I think it was 60 balls as a senior. Um, it, it is, uh, it's important for, for Georgia to, to get a talented receiver at the running back position uh, in the way they're, they're going to the offense. And, and listen, just because Roger Robinson is listed at 6'1", 6'2", 230 pounds. Don't think that man can't catch the football out of the backfield because they run him on wheel routes out of the backfield at his size, and he's going up and, you know, controlling his body in the air, mossing people over there. So, I mean, uh, athletic is all get out. Georgia definitely wants to flip Roderick Robinson if, if at all possible, and it looks like they're going to get a visit, whether it's for the Auburn game or whether it's after the season or or whenever that timing ends up being. We'll keep you all uh, kind of abreast on that. But that's the latest on 2023 running backs. Uh, B. Hodge here. 0702 says any quotes or updates from recruits after watching Georgia start uh two and oh um take the number one spot. Jed, I know you've talked to a lot of guys this weekend. I've talked to a couple as well. So go ahead and uh, tell us, you know, what are some some quotes or some things that that stand out from some of the conversations you've had this past weekend? Yeah, and, and even going back to last weekend, a lot of guys are basically saying like they Georgia looks just as good and there's no drop off, especially on defense. Like even when you talk to some of these offensive guys, they're like, hey, don't don't forget about what they're doing on the defensive side after losing all those guys. And I think that's one of these things with these, especially when you look down the road at some of these 24 and 25 guys, their recruitments obviously, right. Have a couple of years before they sign. So they don't want programs who are a, a, a one year wonder. Right. And and they want programs that are going to be built and sustained for success. And Georgia showing that, Hey, we made the playoff or won a national championship last year. And this year we're gunning for the same thing. So, um, I think that's what's standing out to a lot of these guys. The fact that last year's national championship is is just that last year. This year's team's going to compete for a championship, and Georgia's set up to compete for these championships for years to come, and including when these younger guys are, are going to be making their college decisions. For sure, for sure. Uh, Mid music replay asked about Smith and Russaw on the defensive side of the ball. You know, I think. That that is one that that it's going to fluctuate. I think five or six different times between now and uh, early signing day. So <laughs> check in closer to December on that because they're adamant that they're they're going to college together. They're adamant that they're not going to sign before December. They're or they're not going to commit before December. So you know, here's the thing: if Georgia, I'm sure there's an opportunity with as heavily as Auburn is recruiting those two that Georgia would like to have them on uh, campus for that Georgia-Auburn game because Georgia plans on winning that game and and I'm sure plans on trying to win it win it handily. And maybe that's just one, you know, move on the chessboard to try to take out an opponent in, in, in recruiting. What, what do you think about South Carolina having a big recruiting weekend this weekend? I think that's a that's a great decision by Beamer. Yeah, I, I want to say Xavier McLeod is going to be there. Um, hey. And a certain uh, outside linebacker is going to be there yep. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, Nick, Nicholas Harper, no I doubt. Mean, that's the like that's the game you play with these schools like South Carolina because look, it's going to be a huge 
atmosphere, right? And that's like at the of, beginning of the game. There yeah, well, the thing is like a huge atmosphere for about fifteen minutes. Want to get kids in for these huge atmospheres? You better things. hope that they get boot, booed off the field, or uh, yeah, I mean. like that's that's the game or the uh, whatever balancing act you got to have as as these as these stats when you welcome in a team like Georgia or Alabama or or anything like that. Like think of think of that's uh, why, a few years ago. Like that's Andrew. why Texas's performance was so big, Jed. Yeah, that's why Texas, I mean, because they had they they had Jalen Hill there. They had a bunch of bunch of high profile guys there, and that probably did them earn well, them a lot of goodwill with those think guys. About, think about 2015. Georgia was in a similar position to Texas. Alabama comes to town. Georgia was ranked, I don't know, 12th or whatever. Alabama just lost, and this that was the game. Like Alabama was an underdog well, for the first time. Like in the forever, and, yeah. No, the 2015 one in the rain. Oh. In the rain, Georgia. I mean, I obviously wasn't what? covering recruiting. I'm was sure Devonta, was Devonta Smith in that game. That's what I'm saying. Like all these recruits come to Georgia's campus, and then you see Alabama win by 35 points or whatever it was, and like that makes you that makes you think about some things when you see two schools that are going for you go head to head, and the result is so. I mean, like a touchdown loss, okay, it's whatever, but when the result is that lopsided, uh, it can make you think about some things. If I'm a college coach, I'm going down that schedule, and I'm going up Georgia. Nope, that's a good opportunity to bring some other guys in. Um, Alabama. Seventh and eighth graders in that day. <laughs> seventh and eighth graders come to that game. So, all right, the boy racer forty five guys says timeline on Impemba making a final decision. Sounds like it might be getting moved up from early signing day. Maybe so, but I'm telling you, if it does, and Trent, you can speak more to this. If it does, I think that's a good thing for Georgia because I think they have the most momentum right now in his recruitment. Yeah, I think the uh, you know the plan is for him to announce on. Uh, you know, signing day, but I, I think uh, it, it's also uh, could be a, a you know spur of the moment thing. Um, I think he's going. He's looking for where his uh, heart lies, and I think Georgia is is very uh, sitting very good position here. I think uh, the the relationship with the staff, the um, Uribe in particular, has yeah. a great relationship with him. Yes, and 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 I mean, it, staff players. He's gotten to know a lot of players. Um, it, even guys like Nolan Smith and 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 having uh, Robert Bill there has been important. Just just from uh, uh, you know talking with the family, talking with him, uh, telling them how things are because they've been there for four years. And I think this whole this whole situation has uh, been very good for Mapemba and uh, Georgia sits in, a, in an excellent position. Probably doesn't hurt seeing uh, how Michael Williams is being used early on either, because uh, you know I can see him Pemba physically imposing, long, athletic, a lot like uh, Michael Williams. So. Or, or how uh, Trayvon Walker's first game in the NFL went to. Yeah, that's probably well, that's and, and you got the chance to sell early playing time with Nolan Smith and Robert Beal going next year too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's there's a lot of uh, there, there's a lot of uh, production leaving uh, on that on the edge and those two players for sure. Now we got one from Lewis 06 here. Do you think we'll get Tyler Williams commitment or any commitment this month? Definitely think that, that Tyler Williams on the 27th, you know, Miami's trying to make a, a late push here. And, we, hey, we talked about uh, results on the field. Miami's going to have a big game uh, at Texas A&M this weekend uh, to, to try to impress recruits even more, a, a road game. Georgia has opportunity to do the same if they, you know, go go on the road against South Carolina and just, uh, you know, hold, hold up to what Vegas is expecting, a 24-and-a-half-point favorite uh, opened up on that one. So, I think both of those programs have a, have an opportunity, but I think Georgia sits sits tight with uh, 
with with Tyler Williams right now on on that the leader for for that commitment. But hey, we've seen that before right up until signing day or until announcement day. So we'll keep tabs on that one for you. Uh, any any others that that could potentially pop? I don't think there's any others that are scheduled to be announced this month. Hakeem Williams is is scheduled. No, I don't think Georgia doesn't land him, but um, that's one that's scheduled. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where we've reached a point now where a lot of these guys, now that they're into the season, they're like, well, I might as well take some game day visits and everything like Samuel and Pimba is going to take. He's still got an official to take to Georgia. Like, he's going to be back um, in Athens at some point this fall. So, um, nothing super imminent. Like you said, Tyler Williams is one to watch. I believe Hakeem is the 20 – First, fifth, somewhere kind of around that same time, but right around Tyler Williams' date. Yeah, yeah I, I was thinking more of guys that I think Georgia has more of a shot with. But hey, right. Texas AM was viewed by many as being the favorite. If they go oh if they go uh you know a second straight loss here to Miami, now you gotta question, okay, how powerful is this NIL stuff? Because you know, if is is the NIL gonna weigh out over losing and certain turmoil that is to come if Jimbo Fisher loses this second game in a row to a team that that Texas A&M would have no business losing to just from a talent uh, standpoint, uh, you know, and it's it's getting crazy over there. And, and uh, I can only imagine if we, if we were on the uh, the uh, Aggie Yell network having to do uh, recruiting shows right now, I'm sure that would be uh, that would be. That would be quite interesting. The, the board over there was uh, – Yeah, was, I spent some time on their board the past couple of days. It's, it's incredible. If you, don't, if you don't sign up for the rival subscription where you can go read all the different boards, it's worth doing it just to read on days like that happened over there at Texas A&M. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it's not an hour of reading time. It's at least like – Oh, yeah, you got to – Six hours of reading time. I mean, yeah, it is – it is it's brilliant. It's, I mean, the rest of the board was pretty good too. It, it kind of reminds me of uh, well, I don't know, uh, Georgia after the Colorado loss. I mean, uh, not Colorado. Uh, who they lose to? Um, they did lose to Colorado. Colorado, but it wasn't the Colorado. I'm talking about the Vanderbilt cool. loss where they or they pitched it to Isaiah McKenzie, uh, and th- Kirby's first year. And the, oh, you know, it, he ain't it. Kirby ain't <laughs> it, and it's it's going downhill. <laughs> Absolutely. The, the, the problem, the, I think. The problem now is they they thought Jimbo was their savior, and now they're coming to the reality that he ain't worth the crap. And uh, Winston is the one reason he has won national championship. So, yeah. And speaking of Winston, Jameis Winston is lots of entertainment. If you're following him on social media, great stuff over there. It's just gold. But uh, D Simpson over here says. Any chance we, UGA, get back in the game with Malachi Coleman now that Frost has been fired? He's from he's from Nebraska. Uh, that is going to be interesting because that's a that's a whole that's going to be a whole staff change coming, right? There is no way. I don't care if the interim goes and wins every game for Nebraska. There's no way they're going to throw the baby out with the bathwater on that one. They are going to try to rid the stain of that staff off of the Nebraska history. So they're going to get rid of all of those dudes. And that means new relationships are going to have to be taken care of. Can you get, you know, the timing of this is terrible, Trent. It's not like you can get a new head coach in and a whole new staff before, you know, Maybe at most a week or two before signing day. You know, I mean, it's, it's not it's not ideal at all for Nebraska. I expect this to be similar to the way Tennessee approached it. They're they're looking for the they'll have an interim coach, 
at the same time, they'd be looking for a coach and try to make a hire immediate after the season. And uh, that way they have somebody in place before early signing day. Um, you know, but I saw some of the names of Sam Pittman came up. Not, not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's definitely it. And hey, Mark, Mark, Mark. Let me tell you something. Jimmy Sexton's loving that right now. He's saying, "Please float Sam Pittman's name out there. We're gonna get we're gonna get some of that Walmart money and get Sam a, a even bigger contract extension over there." So, uh, that, so, but I, you know, Jed, I've talked to Malachi Coleman when he dropped his top seven. He said that Georgia's still in regular communication with him. Coach McClendon got in touch with him, you know, right when he came aboard Georgia staff uh, this go around. So. I don't know. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, but you know, it, it just have to have to see who else is all on that list and how it how it changes over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think this is it's one that that um, is, is going to hinge on how things shake out in Nebraska. And like y'all were just talking about, we're not going to know what things are looking like at Nebraska for a while because um, a lot of these coaches aren't going to be there. Like even the guys that are recruiting him still at Nebraska for the next few months aren't going to be there. Uh, come the first week of December, probably. So, um, I don't know. I mean, like you said, the Georgia's going to maintain contact. They're going to maintain those relationships. If they could get him on campus for a visit, then things might it, – it really might be worth keeping an eye, keeping an eye on. But um, but for now, yeah, we're just going to have to see how things shake out with Nebraska. Yeah, and you talked about maintaining relationships, guys. You can see on our screen on the right-hand side there, speaking of great relationships, Turner Woodensmith Insurance and Auto Owners Insurance. Turner Woodensmith, a great uh, agency that you can get great customer service from. They've been in Gainesville, in the Northeast Georgia area, and, and they they serve a, the whole you know Southeast region. They got people from all over that they that they serve. But great customer service. You can call up Trey Wood and his team over there, and they're going to get you helped out. Uh, and Auto Owners Insurance is one of the policy providers that they have that can cover you for life, home, car, and business. So. Make sure to check out those guys, Turner Wood and Smith and Auto Owners Insurance sponsors of UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. All right, Andy Stowe said he, he read my article about K.J. Bolden and, and uh, said – saw where he said, quote, I look at how Georgia gets a lot of receivers on the field and that does play a big role in my recruitment. He asked, does that help or hurt? Well, you know, it can be a double double edged sword, you know, there, Trent. But I think he was referring to, and at least from the conversation I was having, he was referring to how Dylan Bell and Jackson Meeks and some of those young younger guys got on the field and got some significant time for Georgia in the game Saturday. Dylan, Dylan Bell had a touchdown reception, and then you know, of course, last year everybody knows how Ad Mitchell and and Lad McConkey were used. Uh, during their freshman and redshirt freshman years, respectively. So I think it's more of a positive than it would be a negative. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe you're not seeing all the, the snap count numbers like Alabama does for a certain core group of guys, but you're getting a lot of guys in there and getting a lot of guys' opportunities. Yeah, and I think you got to look at the – I mean, the, the game on Saturday was a little different. AD got hurt on the first play, and, and plus the you're up by 30 at halftime, so you're going to see a lot more guys play. But the first half of the Oregon game, um, A.D. Ladd played 95% of the snaps at wide receiver. And I think you're going to see a uh, shorter wide receiver uh, rotation uh, under McClendon. Um, I, 
when when games are in uh, you know uh, when you get to SEC play or when you get to uh, Florida Tennessee those type of games I think you're going to see a shorter wide receiver rotation you're not going to see six or seven guys and I think they're just trying to find in these games uh, at the beginning of the year trying to find guys they can trust while also you know have an opportunity to get those freshmen on the field and but I think AD and Lad are going to see their um, snap go up and, and Kyrus um, and, and yeah, I then think those are going to be the main three. Those will be the main three, and I think you'll have, uh, the, you know, the uh, Dylan Bell and uh, Don Blaylock and Jackson um, Meeks, maybe. Jackson Meeks got a lot of playing time. I think those those three are going to, you know, see a shorter role as the season goes on and as games get more competitive. You're going to see a bigger role for the top three. Absolutely. KSDJ. 1896. Two solid wide receiver commits and Tyler Williams trending are Georgia's way. Does UGA take one or two more wide receivers this cycle? Jed will answer that part of the question first. You think they take one or two more wide receivers in the class of 2023? I mean, I think two more from the second. I think if they get Tyler Williams, they would they would be looking to add one more uh, to finish off that class. Now, who's it going to be? There's like I said, there's Hakeem Williams. Doesn't look necessarily great. There's Anthony Evans. They're going to keep working on, but that's what I was going to say. We've we've maintained that Anthony Evans from from the day that he committed, we've maintained on here that it's not over. It's not over. That that they're always going to keep per, pursuing him, even though elsewhere it was reported that all oh, it's over with and stuff like that. We've we've maintained from the beginning that hey, this is going to be you know. All the way through, they're going to keep pursuing him. So, but yeah, Jed. I mean, any anybody else that, of course, they would take. You know, they're going to keep pursuing Hakeem Williams, and but I think I, I think uh, Jed that the the transfer portal may be a big thing for the wide receiver position in, in this off season, and especially because like that seems like a position that, um, that 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 has a lot of guys enter the transfer portal because you get guys on every team that are unhappy with their share of targets or whatever. So if you're looking for a receiver that, that the transfer portal is a good place to go get a, a quality one. Right. So um, like we've said with running back, that could be a place where, uh, where Kirby looks to add one next spring for sure. Yeah. And yeah. And the second, second part of the question talks about quarterback. It says, and the longer we go without a quarterback, he's talking about a commit in the 2024 class is looking like we might skip or maybe he's talking about 2023 there yeah they're gonna i think they're definitely gonna skip on a 2023 signing out of high school for for quarterback it's either gonna be transfer portal or they're gonna try to you know lock up either Jaden davis or julian saying as early as possible i mean trent i think like jed was talking about with 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 wide receiver running back quarterback those could all be in play for transfer portal this offseason especially you know, maybe after spring, depending on who wins the job next year, is it Carson Beck? Is it is it uh, Brock Vandergriff? Is it Gunnar Stockton? One of those three, whoever wins the job, I, I could see one or two saying, "Okay, I'm I'm out." You know? Yeah, and I think it's a situation where uh, if Beck won the job, I think you see Stockton uh, stay put. But what would Vandergriff do? Vandergriff won the job; it would you know kind of put pressure on both of those two guys to go because he's only one grade ahead of Stockton. Um, but but. Still, I, I think I think Georgia is happy where they're at in the quarterback room right now. And if they was to lose one of those guys when it came to transfer portal, then then uh, then they would you know like to go look and transfer for them themselves. 
Uh, a wide receiver, I think two is the minimum. I think uh, you could also you could you could legitimately see three guys, uh, you know, including the transfer portal because I think you need depth there, and I think uh, Kirby has preached that over and over how how depth is needed, and you are losing a couple guys, losing Kyrus and you know that. So I think two at the minimum uh, would be the what Georgia goes with at wide receiver. I got a. Uh question here from Rhett Womack who joined us a little bit late glad to have you in here Rhett uh is it fact per se that KJ Bowden will be a safety in college or would we just hope to get him and let him dictate uh he was adamant to me and I spoke to him uh, yesterday after his visit on Saturday he said that Georgia is recruiting him as a wide receiver they said if he comes to Georgia they want him to play receiver like his dynamic playmaking ability that's where McClendon that's where uh, uh Gummy Van Gorder who went to Buford all these guys that are in uh, constant communication with him, say, and Kirby Smart says they want him at receiver. So that's that's where they're recruiting him as. There's other places like Notre Dame and and some other uh, Power Five schools that are recruiting him at safety. Um, but but Georgia's one that wants him wants him at receiver. So you know we'll see we'll see what happens there. We've got another question related to that. Uh, we, we talked a little bit before Nat Long says here, Hakeem Williams, is it still possible for him to be influenced by Texas A&M's Texas ATMs is how he put it. Uh, horrible offensive performance versus App State. Is he going to be in Kyle Field for Miami game this Saturday? Jed, Trent, did either one of y'all know his whereabouts this Saturday? I'm not sure if he's going to be uh, making I would imagine he would be going uh, for that Miami game. That, I would think. No, let me see if he's put anything on Twitter. I know he was at uh, Pittsburgh over the weekend for their game against Tennessee. So his commitment's set for September 23rd, which is 11 days from today. So it makes sense. He's seen Florida State this year. He's seen um, Pitt and then Miami and Texas A&M and all around. So I, if I had to – he hasn't announced anything. If I had to guess, though, I would say, yeah, he's probably going to be there. But maybe not after last week. Who knows? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not, yeah. You know what? Uh, my plane – uh, you know, they canceled my flight. You know, if Miami goes in there and wins, that place is liable to burn down tonight. That oil catch fire, <laughs> catch fire fast. Yeah, man, it's uh, man, it, it it's gonna be, it's gonna be, as Munson said, worse than bonkers if uh, if Texas AM loses to work done for weeks, spending time on their message board. If they lose, <laughs> Saturday, guys. I'll just well, I'll, what I'll crazy. What's crazy is coming in the year, coming in this year, I said Texas A&M will battle, might even win the SEC West, and now I'm down to Ar- thinking Arkansas might win the SEC West. I mean, yeah. how things have changed, uh, and that's that's the reason why what what's fun, what the recruiting season in the in the spring, summer, it's the reason why I always say wait till what the you see on the field because I mean everything changes. Everything. I hate it. Sometimes you got to get a one one. I have to get I have to get a wrestling reference in to the show. It wouldn't be a rumors versus facts. So I'm you know I don't typically do this, but as Arn Anderson said one time, I don't like to toot my own horn, but toot toot as Arn Anderson said. I told everybody Texas A and M was going to be garbage this year. Like they did. Like it's fine to have that huge recruiting class, but they have they just have no weapons on the outside. Evan Stewart, yeah, he's good, but he's young. You're not going to win with just uh, a freshman. It's, and then the, both quarterbacks, you know, neither one are, are good enough to, to win. Against the crazy thing is, best. like, you look at these, okay, the 23 class, they don't have a quarterback in the 23 class, right? Unless I'm just totally blanking on somebody. Then all these guys at the top of 2024, the first top 
few guys there it doesn't seem like they're they're in on a ton like that's the weird thing all these guys they've gotten and yet quarterbacks that one spot that they still they still haven't really solved over the past couple of years yeah it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting i think that uh i think miami comes in there and beats texas a&m you'll see three or four guys hit the portal that weekend i'm, I'm just telling you freshmen hit the portal that weekend uh so it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see um how it all turns out over there. Uh, we've already taught uh, Harley Dog Eddie. I'll just put your question on there. He said, what's up with the running back class? Anyone want to come to Georgia? Yes, they want to come to Georgia. Georgia was just very selective in who they were going after. They just so happened to miss on those guys. They wanted Justice Haynes. They wanted Reuben Owens. They wanted, uh, uh, they wanted Richard Young struck out on those three guys. I still think that, especially with how things are going and how Alabama's offense is looking a little bit different, I think there's an opportunity to flip one of those two guys that's committed to Alabama. We'll see as things come around to, to December. And I don't know, I don't know what, you know, Justice Haynes recruiting pitch was, but I do know when they were talking to Gibbs about, you know, transferring over there, uh, I mean, they, they were going to turn back and go back a couple years, start uh, their rushing attack. They're, they were going to focus on having, uh, uh, you know, getting the running game going, which opened up the passing game, and that's not what it's been. Uh, it wasn't what it was Saturday. It was. I mean, uh, Jason McClellan did have a long run, but it was basically on a sweep on the outside, more of a perimeter type run type thing. But I, yeah, I agree with I you. I think outside that run, though, they only had like 16 rushes for 30, 31 yards. And, uh, and it's just. And most of it was probably done by the magic of Bryce Young's legs. And I know Georgia is not necessarily running the ball great at this time, but they're utilizing their running backs in the passing game. That uh, they might be only getting seven or eight carries per game, but they're also their touches are up around thirteen or fourteen per game. So, um, a little, uh, little prediction: this team right here, this team over my right uh, right shoulder here, they give they gave up two hundred yards to Georgia State, two hundred ninety five yards rushing to arkansas i think georgia's gonna have a big day on the ground in columbia this weekend it's gonna be a get right game for that georgia russian attack um as you can see on the bottom mullet dog says uh, and this is our last question on the vault then we'll hit some youtube questions he says why have we georgia struggled recruiting buford kids in the past so uh trent you've been around longer than anybody what why does georgia struggle when it comes to landing buford prospects uh, I mean, number number one is there. I mean, some some of the kids are not as big as priority, and the ones they've missed on. Uh, there, there's some that have that that you know they have a lot of move-ins too. And uh, if we're taking those into account, but just the Buford kids, they they haven't had many ties into Buford, and they they do have that tie now with Van Gorder on staff. Um, they they do have some more pro Georgia in that school. Um, it hasn't been that way in the past and a lot of anti-georgia in that school yeah and there's been a lot of uh you know not really pushing kids but kind of you know pushing kids to to other places alabama and 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 those places and and now there's a there's a little bit more pro-georgia in that school and uh it, it all the way down i mean not not just in the football office but you know all the way there's a little bit more pro uga and then and it's also georgia taking a uh, has some ties in on their staff with, with Buford and, and they're taking advantage. And so I, I would see, you know, Georgia start to, to land a couple of Buford kids, but you know, in the past, not a lot of Buford kids have panned out cause they do kind of top out at, 
that high school level just from the and then they're going through a college uh you know program pretty much today and uh but uh some do pan out and uh i don't know maybe a safety at alabama pan out i don't know yeah here's here's the thing and we'll probably find out you can just watch the viewership numbers here we'll see how many people are from gwinnett county because i'm probably gonna hurt some feelings right here but what i'm telling you is listen okay there are people that get their feelings hurt because georgia doesn't come and recruit every prospect that buford may think is worthy of getting getting recruited and that's just that's just the the plain fact of it. And there have been coaches over there in the past that have literally pushed kids the opposite way. I think that relationship is being worked on. Uh, so we'll we'll see see how that goes. Um, but that's as bluntly as I can be about it. There's there's just been some people that haven't worked well, and also there's been there are a lot of handlers and trainers and uh, you know people that are like pseudo agents in the Gwinnett County area, Jed, from the time these kids are, we see kids announcing where they're going to go to middle school, where they're going to go to high school, you know, and some, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous how the sense of entitlement that's crept its way into some of these gifted athletes and the people that, that they're around in that Gwinnett County area, uh, pretty, pretty outstandingly ridiculous. But um, that's, that's my two cents on it is that, you know, Kirby Smart's really, he's not, he he really he will play the NIL game if he needs to. He will um, you know, go in there and, and talk these kids up when they need to, but he disdains, disdains this culture of, hey, look at me. It's all about me. He wants these kids like like the Michael Williams. Uh, you know, he want he wants the kids like a Nolan Smith, <laughs> like all these kids that just kind of put their head down and work. So and, and that's the problem you got going at Texas A&M. I mean, you got, uh, you know, 20, 25, 30 me guys on that team, and they're – I mean, you can't win that way. You just I can't. think when it comes to Buford, like the 24 class is, is what's really going to be the test, like you were talking about, Blaine, because 22, George, they didn't have a ton of guys. Georgia specifically went after hard, like Isaiah Bond, they tried to get in on at the end. 23, like, okay, they got Justice Haynes, but he just transferred into Buford, so you can't even really count that right. But 24, you've got three – or can you? Or can you? That's true. I don't know. But but then 24, you've got three priority targets, Edric Houston, KJ Bolden, um, and King Joseph Edwards. And you can you can not quite on the, the same level as priority, but you could throw Kylan Fox in there too. Those are guys many, Jordan wants. And how many did they land, Jed? That's the thing. It's like, okay, we've got this relationship. We, Georgia, has this relationship with Van Gorder now. If Georgia lands one of those guys, that's a solid start. Two of those guys is is great, and then landing all three of them somehow would just be a home run out of the park, whatever. Now, if Georgia lands zero of those guys, which going – okay, from where they sit today, we, they're in good shape with all those guys to a year and a couple months from now to land none of them, that would be a, a failure. I mean, it would. Um, with with the relation, I mean Montgomery Van Gorder is working very hard on all three of those guys. There's the Buford connection. He's a young guy, relates to these kids. Um, that's but that's because yeah. those those three guys when we when we uh, interview them, they tell us that they say, "Hey, yeah. we that's our guy, Coach Van Gorder. That's he talks like, to us all the time." And he's then the they recruiter Montgomery yeah. Van Gorder. And, and yeah. I think the thing is, uh, out of all all the Buford guys that have come through, even the guys last year, Edric and KJ. 
outside of Haynes, are the best players on that Buford team. Agreed. KJ looked like the best player on that Buford team last year as a sophomore yeah. to me when I went when I saw him play. I mean, he he is is just a dynamic player. You were talking about George wants him as a receiver. It's easy to see why. Um, when you watch him play, I mean, he's just electric with the ball in his hands. It's crazy. And in all fairness, what you said as well, uh, Trent, you know, there's been plenty of people that have come out of that, have come out of that system that haven't panned out at the college level. And like you said, there's so much talent around them when they play at Buford. I think a lot of the, maybe the stock gets uh, elevated a little bit to, to a certain extent. But I'll tell you this, Edric Houston and KJ Bolden are as good as advertised. Okay. They are, they are two that are going to pan out. So whoever gets them, they're going to be guys. And I will say this, that they, I don't think there's two more guys that fit that. Okay. I'm just going to work and just put my head down and not, not be real flashy. Not, not, not a lot of conversation, stuff like that. than KJ Bolden and, and Edric Houston. So, guys, uh, is there anything uh, coming up on the on the side? Anything we got coming up? We need to tell the people about before we get going here. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna have a, inter- a story coming out with uh, five star Mike Matthews, who I talked to the other day. Kid looks great. Um, played receiver for Parkview against North Gwinnett the other night. I'm going to see David Hobbs on Friday. He was a guy. Out of North <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keeping uh, keeping the topic there. Um, and then, yeah, David Hobbs is a guy. You would when you look at how Georgia is going to try to finish this edge class. David Hobbs is a guy um, they're big on. Visited for the Oregon game. Uh, going to see him on Friday night before I headed over to Columbia uh, to cover Georgia on Saturday. And in, in front of some um, some guys, they still might try to flip Xavier McLeod. I think is supposed to be there, like you mentioned, Nicholas Harbor, those kind of guys. So, uh, going to be an interesting weekend to see if Georgia is able to to build some recruiting momentum, even playing away from home. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Friday night, I can't even remember uh, all the, the, the places that I'm heading Friday night. Jed, do you know? You, uh, so you said you're going to see Davin, right, on Friday yep. night? Yep, yep, yep. We'll update you guys on where we're all each going. Uh, we, we like to put that out on Friday mornings, uh, prospects to watch and, and where it's called On the Road, that feature that we talk about each week. But, Guys, that's, uh, that's it for this evening on UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. Remember, it's presented by Auto Owners Insurance in cooperation with Turner Wood and Smith Insurance. Check both of those companies out. Been around over 100 years. Subscribe to the channel. We're pushing for 30,000 subscribers, so do your part. It's free. Hit that subscribe button. Turn on notifications. And, guys, we will catch you next Monday night for another live edition of UGA Sports Rumors versus facts.